Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited that you are here. If you are listening to this episode now and have not listened to part one of this podcast, part duo, go ahead and listen back to part one right now where I talk to my girl, Charlotte Walker, all about motherhood trauma, therapy, and God, and you are going to really, really enjoy it. So this is part two of that one conversation we had. So go ahead and stay tuned for this episode of the podcast. Now let's get to the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. Are you someone that has been listening to this podcast and you definitely are ready to take the step in looking for a therapist? Are you someone that is interested in finding an African-American therapist, maybe of a Christian therapist and don't know where to start? I've got you covered, girl. Let's cut out the Google searches and let me help you find a therapist that's right for you. So in this webinar, I'll share with you how you can find a therapist that's just right for you. This webinar will cover how you can find a therapist in your area. Maybe you want to find a therapist that's virtual, low cost options, how to find a therapist, maybe with or without insurance. I'll also cover specifically all of the websites you can utilize to be able to find an African-American therapist and even a Christian therapist. So I promise you, I won't leave you hanging That is not the only thing we're going to cover in this webinar. As a bonus, I also will include my consultation question ebook. So when you call a therapist, you know exactly what questions you need to ask, specifically even asking them questions about their faith and if you can include that in your sessions. This ebook has all the questions that you want to ask, as well as it'll give you the opportunity to really advocate for yourself for your mental health journey. If you're interested in starting therapy, definitely go to helpmefindatherapist.com. Again, that's helpmefindatherapist.com or go to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait for you to start your mental health journey. Now let's get back to the show. Sometimes these activities will come across as noble and altruistic. If you carefully examine the motivation behind the activities, you will notice they are usually instigated by the need to be seen, affirmed, or accepted. Activities can range from saying yes when you really want or should say no, becoming a yes ma'am, or total denial of self. But in saying no, deep down inside, when you really explore what's going on, you are engaging in activities that invalidate your significance and importance as an individual free to make decisions independent of another's opinion. Mm-hmm. Attention-seeking shenanigans will cause you to become a feel-good junkie, addicted to the affirmation of others and focusing solely on their affirmations. You will let others have their way with you, say whatever they want, treat you any way they want, walk all over you and treat you like a doormat in exchange for a hit of praise. Of course you love when they call you good, godly, saintly, and angelic. Your personal preference and opinion, critical thinking, purpose, vision, and desires are inconsequential when just opposed to another. For you, approval seeking becomes a quintessential definition of degradation, self-betrayal, and self-abuse, destroying authenticity and integrity of self. Mm-hmm. 
And two, it's another way for us to manipulate. You're manipulating unknowingly by Mm -hmm. trying to do things for approval and saying that in general, because you at that point too begin to not do things you really want to do because you're just Mm -hmm. doing it out of manipulation. And that's why performance doesn't work. That's why performance doesn't work in the eyes of God, because at that point, you're only doing things to try to get God to do something for you. Yeah. When the transactional relationship, some people in situationships with God. Talk about that. Yeah. You're like, you're in a situationship. There's no level of authenticity. It's I'm in a bad place. Let me come holler at you real quick. You know, my little boot thing, my little Jesus. Hey, Jesus, what you doing, big head? And then whenever you get the thing, whenever you're out of the situation, you don't hear from you. He don't hear from you. That's what it means when God say, we prophesied in your name. We can't mm-hmm. even that we did who, who this? But I don't, who this? I don't even Harper, know. Who's name? I don't know who you are. I don't know your heart. Mm-hmm. You come to me from my hand, but you don't really come from my heart. Come on. Therein lies a lot of, it's like we want Jesus, but we don't want to be transformed by Jesus. Yes. We don't want the transformational power of God because that within itself is what he means when he's saying, carry your cross. You're going to look like a completely different person. Yes. And the reason a lot of times too, even going back to my own journey with like therapy and stuff, right? The way that I am now, there are some things that my mother does not approve of. And I don't know about y'all, but there have been times in my adult life where I'm like, oh my God, God, you want me to do what? Am I going to get a whooping? <laughs> I got time. <laughs> but even saying no, right? Because you're my mom or my parent or some authority figure, it does not obligate me to do what you want me to do in my life. My life belongs to God, right? This is, you're a steward over me for the time that God has given me to you, but you don't own me. And I feel like, I don't know if it's all black parents, but no, no, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, like this is where, I don't know if it comes from slavery or what, but y'all do not own us. <laughs> like we are adults, right? And so even though I don't make decisions that you would have me to do, you have to understand that my walk with God is my own. And so even in that, and I don't find it by happenstance, God had me and my husband move. So all of our family lives in St. Louis. I'm not from St. Louis. I just want everybody to know that, that I'm not from there. My Why family. Are you not, not no. no, no, you have to be there to know Mm-mm. the food is good, but I'm not from there. <laughs> but he had us pick up and leave and go like come down to Florida. And so it's similar to Abraham, right? Like where God had to call him away from what was familiar. He had to call him away from the distractions. I went to therapy there. And then had to unpack all of those feelings. I could not continue to be in the same space among the dysfunction and also be trying to clean up, like, you know, the same dysfunction. Why? Because there would have been a huge desire to go back to Egypt. Yes. It would have been Come on. to just be like, forget it. No, what you talking about? Let me really go talk to my mom. I really ask her the questions of like, why'd you do these things? Is that I would never ask her. <laughs> I would never. Okay. Because she doesn't have the capacity to give, right? And that was something that God, because you know, the therapist had recommended, you know, us having a conversation and I talked to God, that's not wisdom, right? God was the one who told me that my mother suffered from mental illness and then had me go study about the mental illness that he told me that she had. And it really changed the game for how I deal with her. Why? Because you had the identity, you had the yes, you had the actual yes. identifier. 
misunderstand. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is how we're walking around, y'all. Again, this is why I said when God comes to reveal, he brings light to darkness. Mm-hmm. The ability to reveal those things gives you tools yep. to then know what you're dealing with. Yep. That way, you know, oh, that's not her talking. That's the spirit behind it. Yep. It's my mama can identify physically. it. It's yep. my mama physically. Mm-hmm. This is the spirit that's behind it. This is the yep. spirit of manipulation. This is the spirit of yes. reaction. This is the spirit yes. of projecting her feelings onto me that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with what I just said. Yes. But because there's a victim mentality, she's mm-hmm. in this situation. Yep. And you know what? It also allowed me to really soften my heart. Therapy really allowed me, therapy and God both, because I thought I had to, I did the, well, I forgave her, but it's really hard to forgive people when they continue to mess in the pot, if that makes sense. And so I'm like, God, how do I, as we continue, but that God does the same with us, right? God, I'm gonna get it together. And then you don't have it together. God, I'm gonna get it together, right? And so it really has allowed me to soften my heart towards her because I'm like, yo, imagine the level of inner turmoil she must feel to feel like she has to behave this way god i pray for peace for her yes yes and so i have to really pray for peace for her in her heart i have to pray for that she really understands who god called her to be in her identity if you want to know if you really forgave somebody pray for them and i ain't talking about god prayers i'm talking about bless them bless them god bless them and heal them and make them whole right because when i used to pray for her it was not good I'm just being straight up. It was like, it helped her be better and show her that she raggedy and bring the, the fire of the Lord, right? But that is not okay. Show her that she raggedy, Charlotte. <laughs> All the time, I'm several degrees of raggedy. That's why I need Jesus. Jesus don't need me. I need him. Big thing. Like me, BC, Charlotte, before Christ, child, I was fine, but I wasn't nearly as wholesome as I am now. Like, that's the analogy. So, I mean, that's BC. BC, Charlotte was not, she wasn't like. And now it's a, it's a good mix. Like, you know how like Saul was out here killing Christians Girl. and he had all this energy and like all of this enthusiasm. What I love about God is that he will take that same, like, he's like, yes, but let's redirect this. This isn't supposed to be there. So now as my friend who sent me the shirt that says, I'm somewhere in between like praises what I do with Nucky Two Buck. And I know can buck for Jesus because I don't have time. I mean, like, I literally feel like I'm here to set the captives free. Okay. okay? We not getting bucking and ready to fight with the devil. <laughs> against his schemes his demons I just need them to know that it's okay like y'all yeah. can be your authentic self with yeah them, i promise you yes i have gone to god and be like i want to sock this person out like when i'm angry i tell him exactly how i feel here's why because he knows period he already knows and so it's really part. here's the other part mm-hmm. handle it yes and he'll tell me how to handle it And one thing that God has really, so it's things like this. It's things like going to therapy, getting the tools and being able to speak about my mom. One time I was telling somebody something and God said, stop talking about my daughter like that. Hmm. And having to realize and recognize who she is, even if she doesn't realize who she is. I understand that outside of her being my mother, she is a child of God. And so even at that core piece, how can I say that I love God? Because you don't love God. Okay, how can I say that? 
okay? But then not treat her with love, respect, and honor. Because the Bible tells us to love, respect, and honor our parents. It doesn't say if you feel like they're honorable. It doesn't say that if you feel like they're being respectful. But that also comes with a level of boundaries. And so it's that in-between that's real tight right there. So she gifts for me on Mother's Day. Her birthday, girl, I just bought her up banging purse for her birthday. She couldn't even believe it. But it's what God has called me to do to love on her. And but then also too, is she getting cutting up the boundaries? Here's a wall. You sit right here in this corner, boo. I'm gonna talk to you after I talk to God. <laughs> right. So it's not gonna call it a gate, meaning yes. gate and I can still see you. Yes, come on. So see, but this is my yard and I, I've tailored it a certain way, but we can still talk yeah, you get over there. You see this beware dog sign? You don't want to smoke. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I still honor her. I still love her. I love, and that's the biggest thing too. Is I want people to know that I absolutely love my mom. She does the best that she can with what she has. I don't agree with all of her behavior. There are some good things that, you know, out of her parenting style, I'm very self-motivated because I had to learn how to be. And so it's not all bad. She's not all bad. She absolutely can be redeemed by God because he did it for me. And my desire is now that I want that for her, not even at the end of his lifetime. I want her to catch it now so she can just enjoy the level of authenticity that I have come to know, the level of peace that I have all helped me breaking loose. I am good because God is good panini, and I am panini. his. Like the panini has happened. Panini. I just be like, I'd be in a bubble. Really like. Yeah. I did a podcast episode called Peace in the Pandemic. Can't nobody be more scared than me, honey. I'm out here on the front lines, but Jesus is on the main line. Okay, and that's all that matters. <laughs> like when it first popped off, because I didn't have kids, I somehow got selected to be. We had some clinics that were for sick kids only, some that were for well kids only. And little girl with no kids got picked being sick clinic in the middle of the whole pandemic before we had a vaccine option, before we even knew what was going on. And God protected me and kept me covered. No, I'm not watching all the. My, I mean, my coworkers were going bananas. Nope. If it's not in the weekly meeting that we have, I don't hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't have time for that. And it's not that I was oblivious to what was going on, but I'm choosing who I believe. And I believe the report of the Lord. Me watching every news station about it is not going to change the numbers. What do I need to do to be effective in my position as a healthcare provider? Okay, cool. Let me go in here and read my Bible. And what was great was that people weren't even coming into the clinic. So at first I felt some kind of way, but God kept me. Girl, be five whole people coming in all day. You know how much homework I got done? <laughs> like, okay. But even with that, there's a grace. Yeah. There's a grace. Mm-hmm. His grace is sufficient. That grace to be able to only see five patients and you got time to do your homework. Yeah. Because you, I told God I felt like my mama was the thorn in my side. I said, if I ask three times, is it still no? You ain't got to like, don't be like, remove her from life. But it just means like, get her out of my side. Can she stand next to my side? Like, I just, cause this is a lot for me. Okay. Yeah. Therapy allowed me that when my parents both got COVID to be able to advocate for my mom and not just be like, girl, look, see ya. Or, or, not, or, or even just having the negative mind space of this is what happened or this is the consequences of what has occurred with yeah you. no it was like girl let me help you and it was not easy because she's still herself she still is dealing with mental illness so there was a level of stress but then after the fact I took some time to not speak 
we I closed my gate because what happened was in that I had to really ask God like why am I feeling like this I was ready to knock and book I oh and it just there was something in my spirit that was not like me and what it was, was I had to remove a boundary because she was sick. So I removed this boundary because she's in the hospital. So anytime she would call, I'm answering the phone. Things that I don't do in my day-to-day life. In my day-to-day life, honey, if you catch me after that D&D is on, it's just on and I'll call you tomorrow. But because she was in the hospital, her and my dad both, I removed that boundary on top of me still working on the front lines myself, helping manage my sister who's at home, who's on the autism spectrum. And they live all the way in St. Louis. So me just trying to be in multiple places at once. And I got to a point where I had kind of snapped on her <laughs> because she was not being nice to one of the nurses. And I told her, I said, girl, if I were her, I would not take care of you again. I'd be like, don't give me that patient. I understand that you're my mom, but you're not going. That's my, that like, to me, I feel so passionate. One, because I'm a nurse. So you're my mother, but you're not going to talk to her like that. I talked to her. She's doing a great job. We're in the middle of a pandemic. She has left her family. It's around Thanksgiving time too, FYI. Like she's left her family. It's the holiday season and she's here taking care of you in a place where I can't be. I need you to not like, don't talk to her like that. And trying to figure it out. Yes. And you have an attitude because they want you to get up and walk around. Ma'am, that's what you got to do to go home. She didn't like that, but she was going to be okay. You're not about to blow me up at work all day. You're not going to talk to her like that. No, Mm ma'am. You ain't got to like it. What happened even with that is, is now going back to the rest place. Mm -hmm. Because for you, there's been a giving. There's been an overflow. There's been even even probably triggers. It did trigger me. Oh, oh, there was a lot of triggers. Produces Yes. Yes. And a perfect work. work. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Nothing, child. If you lack wisdom, you can ask the Lord for wisdom who gives it it to you, baby. Without Mm -hmm. approach. So, triggered going back to the Father and putting the bounty back up to rest. Yes. Ultimately. Yeah. And all that happened in the middle of my retreat with Tatum. Oh, yeah. It was warfare. It was warfare because I could have quit and not continue with the podcast. And there, so, you know, it really is understanding and still having a level of boundaries. I thank God for my husband, who was my sanity. I was able to then talk to my pastor. And I think I even had text my therapist and just was like, girl, ah. And she was available. And so it's like, you know, it's not that I have to have it together all the time. This journey does not look like me having it together all the time, but the journey is the wisdom of me saying, okay, I feel like this because there was a boundary that I had to remove based on circumstance. It's going to be fine. Once I put the boundary back in place, when it's appropriate, I will be okay. And I'm going to take the time that I need to recover and to just really process through my own feelings and emotions. And it's going to be all good. And we were perfectly fine. She was so great. When she made it home, she really appreciated, you know, all the things. And I'm just happy. Both of my parents are alive. Because not everybody girl can say that. Yes, right. Like so, even though she worked my last nerve on the left side at one point throughout the experience, God graced me. Whereas before, I would not have had the grace. Before therapy, I'd have been like, "Girl, I'll tell you where to go." and not care and only talk to my dad and only take care of him (laughs) but that's that level of forgiveness as well right so even with her 
kind of shenanigans. God just graced me through that. And then to be able a couple months later for them to fly out and for me to be able to give them a hug, it was very emotional for me because I, one, hadn't seen them because the whole pandemic had started. But to know that they had been impacted by COVID and for me to be able to lay eyes and like, you know, like touch that. I mean, at one point with my dad, that's my dude. When he got out of the hospital, I was just like, I'm just so happy you're home on FaceTime. And just was like, because I love you. Oh, it was all Kim Kardashian ugly cry. It was horrible. <laughs> she got the ugliest cry face. You Can you imagine my dad? Because that's where I get this from. Oh, girl. <laughs> like I was looking straight kill Kardashian and not that I wasn't sad about my mom my mom was not as sick as my dad but she did end up getting hospitalized when my dad was like he was bad his co-worker that brought it to work he works for the post office the co-worker that was kind of like the super spreader he died mm-hmm. and so for my dad to make it out even like my heart kind of wrenching for my dad because I know that he has told me about friends of his who died in the military. I felt almost like that same level of grief for him. Like he made it once again, here he is in a position where he's made it and his friend, whomever. It's like they survivor's did not. remorse, essentially. Yes, yes. Of the fact that you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that, you know, God allowed us to go through that, but I wouldn't have been able to do that without therapy. I would not have been able to do that without God. I would not be able to identify again, that language to know what narcissistic personality disorder is and then go on YouTube. Cause let me tell y'all, Dr. Sonia, hold on, I got to find sister's name. She got my life together because I used to always feel like that my mom, I would want to advocate for myself because I had been put in a position to where I couldn't advocate for myself for so long that I was like, ain't nobody going to tell me da, 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 da. like, I'm going to speak up for myself. I'm not like the rest of y'all. She ain't just about to be out here saying whatever to me, not understanding that with that demon, they want to argue. And I had to get to, because I can't argue with you. No. No. But not understanding that because to me, in all of my pride, I'm not weak. You're not going to step over me no more. But let me tell you what takes a lot of strength. Silence when you could. Silence when you could go off takes so much strength. And then also understanding too that I'm going to have to explain to God why I went off, right? Like he's not going to care. She's going to have her own time where she has to sit before him and explain herself. But I can't get up in front of him and be like, well, she has said, no, what did you do? And what did you know to do? Come on, accountability. Come on. That's it. I'm going to put it right back in your face and say, come on now, though. Her name's Dr. Romani. Dr. Romani on YouTube, honey. That narcissistic personality disorder. Child, let me tell you. <laughs> I learned a lot. So it's best for me to say nothing because you're not going to argue with yourself. Then you look crazy. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by Christ Couch. Hey, girl. So if you're not familiar with Christ Couch, let me tell you all about it. So every single Monday, I send an email to my email list that is filled with so much information, so much value every single Monday. And I love to call it Christ Couch. Christ Couch is a place where we discuss countless topics, gather together as girlfriends, and share our daily walk through life, all while uplifting one another. Over time, I have been able to learn that Christ allows us to experience his goodness and true vulnerability through relationships. So let's take a seat and share it all on the couch. 
In this Monday email that you will receive every single Monday from me at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, you'll get a full-on devotional and prayer, a little motivation Monday, I like to call it, where you get to start the week off with a little motivation and a weekly mental health tip that you can weekly and very easily add to your life. So, If you're interested in Christ Couch, definitely go to the link in my show notes, completely free to you. You'll get an email every single Monday from me, and I cannot wait to share with you all the amazing things on the couch. Now, let's get back to the show. And so with that, I think going to the point you said, if you had not been obedient to go to therapy when God told you to. Oh, never would have made it. Because my husband wasn't going to keep putting up with me (laughs) because it just was unhealthy. I knew I felt off. Like, oh my God, this is not, I feel like I'm recreating the environment that was in my household as a child. And I did not want that. I wanted the opposite of that. I refuse to have a home where I feel like I have to walk on eggshells or we always beefing, honey. At that point, you can go, we can, we ain't doing this. He's going to go be on the roof, sis. Yeah, like we're not doing this because I feel like I don't under my daddy got 10 roofs at this point and I don't understand. <laughs> right? Like I don't understand. And my parents are still married, right? And so even watching, like, you know, just because they still married don't always mean that, you know, it's great. And I want marriage to be a blessing to me. It is so yeah, because it's supposed because it's beautiful. Is that's my best friend? I call my husband best friend all the time. I'm like, hey, best friend. He loves it. He just even up. You know, it's necessary. So what would you tell someone who is hearing your testimony, of course, like bomb and just all the amazing things God has done? Because to God be the glory for all of this. But Amen. what would you tell someone who is hesitant about going to therapy, who especially is like, I'm a Christian. I can just go to God. What would you tell them about that? I would tell them a couple of things. One I would ask them, because it's not even about telling, I have to assess things. My question is, what is your hesitation? Is your hesitation rooted in something that's godly? Because I really feel like at the end of it, the hesitation is always fear. And we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so if a sound mind is yours, because that's what the word said, he said, I can have it. That's that's my portion. That's my portion. Okay. Okay. Like I tell people, look, this is a part of my inheritance package. So you need to give it up. This is my benefit. This is part of my beneficiary inheritance package because I'm a daughter of Christ. (laughs) Run me my stuff. When Jesus died, baby, the benefit. Okay. The inheritance. Or you better give revelation on this good podcast. Okay. You better tell me where my benefits are. You better. My inheritance. Yes. The life. I want my inheritance package. I don't even need no lawyer. We ain't got to go through all that process. I didn't. He said I, he's mine. I'm his. My name is mine. Okay. My okay. On there. Let's go. Let's go. So I would really say that it's to really get to the root of it. I would also say that, you know, don't be, if you decide to do it, don't think that you're not going to meet opposition. My first therapist was not the fit. I tell people all the time, it's like shoes. You got to find one that fits. That does not mean that therapy is bad, but you really need to be mindful and invite God into the process of who you're selecting. Ask God to tell you where to go. Ask God to give you discernment. Pray before each session. Like these are things that I did. Pray before you meet with them. You can sit down a lot of times and speak with them and find out, you know, if they're going to be a good 
good fit. And don't be afraid to change. Same thing with healthcare providers, child. If I don't like my doctors, see you. And that doesn't mean it's because they're not giving me what I want to hear because there were definitely times where I'm going to tell you my therapist, her name is Nicole. Shout out to Nicole. Where Nicole was like, Charlotte, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're, what you're not about to do is disrespect me. <laughs> but really making sure um, that you are using wisdom, right? The Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel, like making sure that you have those people in place to provide you with wisdom. You're not wise all by yourself. I'm sorry. I don't know who needed to hear it, but it was me at one point. Like I am not wise all by myself. You stay stuck in your mind and you in your own thoughts and your own thoughts. Yeah, no. Not until sometimes when I'm in the box, mm-hmm. I'm going to see what's outside the box. Yes. I can't see. If I say out of my mouth, I don't think I'm good enough. My friend on the other side of that is going to be like, who told you that? Yes. It's becoming a affirming thought for you. And yes. if you tell yourself because you're in your own thoughts, you don't have any counsel to sit it before anyone to assess it. You know what God told me? Because we started dealing with this in therapy about my self-image. God was like, you're going to quit disrespecting my creation. And I said, oh, (laughs) so when you say that you're not good enough, you're saying what God did wasn't good enough. See, we don't want the smoke smoke. (laughs) If y'all can see my face, all I can think of is that YouTube clip or that gif on there. She was like, Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson, Miss Jackson. The girl was like blank stare. (laughs) I feel like, oh, Lord. (laughs) So how much longer are you going to tell God that he did something that wasn't good? Because every time that you say that you're not good, every time that you said that what you don't like about yourself, every time that you allow the devil to tell you what you are and what you're not, you're telling God that the creation that he made, he got the blueprint, knew you before you was in your mama house and in the womb and all the other things, right? You're telling him he didn't do a good job, girl. I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my... Oh, come on. Okay. Ladies, y'all all right, because... Not talking, not talking. It really allowed me to change the way that I talk about myself. If God is grace, girl, even people being like, oh, girl, like I listened to your podcast. It was good. I'm just getting to a place where I'm not like, girl, it's I because I don't like being the center of attention. I don't. I hate it. I said that this morning, it is almost like God says when you say yes. Mm hmm you in places where you have to say it when you don't feel it yes glorifying his name and you're speaking out what you know to be true in your heart yep your mind is not caught up with so when the it's like like when i did therapy as a christian i did it on facebook first and i did facebook lives and they were those videos were getting so many views that i was like there's no way right now that you are asking me let me tell you what happened yes thursday so my birthday was friday thursday night we got food out we get to the hotel in dc and i get on instagram and this young woman has listened to my podcast and decided that she was gonna do an instagram live and i said "Ah, ah." (laughs) so i listened to the live i was like let me make sure first of all it's a good life Does she not read me for films because <laughs> when I listened, I was like, hold on. I was like, was it bad? Like, because my first thought is like, there's no way, right? But then in listening to it, she's the same age as my little sister, my youngest sister, my baby sister. 
the girl's 21 and listening to her speak on her own platform about things that I said and then reaching the masses that she can impact because she has a, a sphere of influence all on her own. It was like the best birthday gift that God ever could give me. Like, look, girl, like I'm taking your show places. There are people. And then I inbox us because I was like, you better because I felt like you. I was like, girl, you better tell them throw them stones in the trash. You better tell them. And I was so proud of her, not proud even of myself in my show, but just proud of her, like for hearing a thing. And then going to speak about it. And she was like, oh my God, I'm crying because you inboxed me. Girl, let me cry. Girl, it's declaring the goodness of Jesus. Girl, to God be the glory. Who am I? It can be overwhelming to be like, God, the fact that you have me in here facilitating just your works, bro. Like, like, what? (laughs) And I think it goes back to another layer of, another layer of humility because- easily that could have been like too much attention i can't do this yeah too much attention oh my gosh too much attention turning it the opposite way because the enemy always likes to try to perverse stuff turning it to oh i'm so good i'm so high and mighty Mm -hmm. and so it's understanding that because god gives glory in every aspect yep in everything we have to know that you're not doing it for the applause of people Mm -hmm. all you're gonna hear is the sound of hand claps yeah, I want to hear the well done. At the yes. End. You know, Tatum said something one time on a podcast and I was like, girl, she said, if you live for the claps, then you will die by the booze. And I had to tell, I have a small group that we do Bible study on Tuesdays. And I had to tell one of the girls, she's a single mom. And I was like, girl, you better like do your podcast. Like, so we have a community with my podcast called the Producer Society, where I'm helping other women produce the things that God has called them to. And so she was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a little like worried because I don't want to offend. And, and I said, let me tell you something. God's word is offensive. Period. Okay, wait, wait, wait. As you're, as you're getting that, I'm about to pull the scripture. Yes. God's word is offensive, right? And so you're not responsible for the offense of people. You're responsible for doing what God has told you to do. I don't like snakes. So if you tried to hand me a snake, I could choose whether or not I'm going to take it. I'm not. I may kick you because you tried to give me a snake, but I'm not going to take the snake. And offense works the same way because right now I could go and I could spit facts and it could just be true. I could type, if you all know right now, if we went on Twitter and type homosexuality is a sin with the scripture, we are getting drug, (laughs) period. Like it's a full drag session. It's offensive. And I didn't say that I hate people who are homosexual. My call is to love everybody. But the fact still remains that homosexuality is a sin. But if I go and post that on Instagram, child, tragic. What else is a sin? Pornography. So is jealousy. Yes. And I tell people all the time, one thing that triggers me is the fact that people always want to ask me as a Christian about my stance on that. No, ask me how I feel about adultery. Cause I feel way stronger about that than I do about homosexuality. Adultery? Girl, child. But it's also a sin. So the same way I love my friend who commits adultery against her husband the same way that as I do my friend who is in a homosexual relationship, my love for them doesn't change, but the fact still remains and it's supported by God's word. But we have to ask ourselves, like, why do we get so offended? Right. And so God's word is offensive. It is what he said, what he said. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pull this out. I'm going to pull it. Actually, I'm going to pull out a couple of scriptures. Come on. Because we have just gone there. We're just going there. And it's all the way. 
So first scripture is Hebrews 4 and 12 in the New Living Translation. Keeping it shaky because I love NLT. I was like, NLT and um, the message will read you for filth. Filth. (laughs) The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper. Sharp, 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 sharper. It would, my offense, what what Riza can say to herself, the Lord's word, okay? Mm -hmm. Sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes, it exposes, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Let's keep it shaky and go with the message version because I want people to really, really hear. This word say, get your life. (laughs) No, because we need to understand. It's expensive. As we go through and we discuss these things, I always tell people my number one obligation is to love. But the truth, I will not deny the truth (laughs) because I don't, first of all, I don't want to smoke with God, but I love God. My love for God goes beyond anything else. There was a scripture we're talking about counting the cost last night, and it talks about how you have to hate everyone else in comparison to how much you love God. So if you choose to hear me say that this is a sin or that is a sin and you choose to hear hate because that's your choice, then you need to take that up with the Lord. Don't come sliding in my DMs, child, because I'm I'm like on me. Yeah, that I'm hateful. Your thought process is on me. Yeah. It's the word says in the message version is Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. God means what he says. Come on. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Thank you, Jesus. You got it. People who are in the medical field want to say, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Yes. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. Nothing and no one can resist God's word. We can't get away. Even the demons. We can't get away from it no matter Even the demons. Listen. Talk about it, okay? Even the demons. Another scripture. Because it's, it's not enough. The heart is deceitful. The heart is deceitful above all things. It's Jeremiah. Yeah. Not that people like, they like to have reference. Follow your heart. And beyond cure. Who can understand it? Mm-hmm. My heart is deceitful. I may in my mind think I'm doing good, but be all the way out here doing foolishness. Yeah, I did a whole podcast episode called Sis, Don't Follow Your Heart. Whoever tells you that is horrible. They do not love you. Your heart is trash. It's raggedy, just like mine, because hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I got to search the heart and examine the mind. I get the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. That's why David had to ask God created me a clean heart because it'd be dirty. David, a man after God's own heart, saw Bathsheba. She was over there minding her business. He was like, girl, come on over here. Drop that dump it on. She go, girl, give me it. Had her husband murdered. First 48 in these streets, okay? And then was like, oh, she pregnant now. Somebody was laughing at me because I said David made Bathsheba throw that thing in a circle. And it was like, girl, I can't believe. And I was like, she was pregnant. Can we not act like children's church is not full? Y'all know what happens. Come on. She was pregnant. So let's wrap this because I really want to bring this full circle and say, yes, it's really about your heart being transformed to the Lord. Sometimes you need tools to do that. Yep. 
all your tools at one time. I was looking at construction. I was passing by the road one day and they were doing construction on the side of the road and they blocked off half the street. Sometimes you have to be removed from a situation in order to be worked on. That takes time. You gotta do something out of the norm in order to change. This is more like to hear me talk every week about healing and transformational things. We are given so many resources now to not use them into their effect. So be prayerful about your resources because the number one key to transformation is submission. And that's why I said it's not enough for you to know God because even the demons know. When Jesus came and cast them spirits into the pigs, they was like, why is you even here? Leave us alone. Because they could recognize his power. But in order for us to be recognized as God's children, there's a level of submission and transformation that has to take place. So it's not enough for you just, oh, I believe there's a God or I believe in God. No, have you submitted your life to him and allow him to transform and Lord over your life? That's really the difference because even the demons believe, like they know who he is. They've seen him. They know they're aware of his power. That's why the sons of Sceva got their hair busted to the white meat because they was like, you ain't it. Nope. Ha, we tried it. Out here naked, busted, and bruised. And many of us are looking like the sons of Sceva because we refuse to submit. If God said go to therapy, baby, you better knock on every therapist's door until you find the right one. And that really, again, was what it was about. Is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. But it's really about seeking God, no matter what my flesh say, no matter how my feelings say, going back and having conversations. I did have to have some uncomfortable conversations with my dad. I had to have conversations with my sisters. I've had to have conversations with my mom that were uncomfortable. I've had to set boundaries that felt uncomfortable. But now my boundaries be respected. They know when Charlotte say, look, I've had enough. They know it is what it is. Here's the transformation in terms of the stuff with me and my mom. When I told her about the stuff with the nurse, she didn't agree with it, but she ain't just hang up on me because we've had a conversation about how disrespectful it is for you to hang up on me. She said, well, I'm upset. And so I'm going to let you go. Okay. You can be upset. And even in that, it was a testament to how me setting down was like, look, cause she hung on me once. I said, you hang up. And I'll share this story. And I don't believe my mama would be upset about this because we've had conversations about this, but there was a time when my mama blocked me based off a conversation we had, and I was blocked. I couldn't call her. I was pregnant also at the time. And I brought this to her attention. I said, you have to understand how triggering it is for a child to know that their parent blocked them. Imagine the level of rejection. Imagine the level of hurt that is. Her explanation was, I did not want to talk to you, so I blocked you so that I didn't say anything out of context. I said, that is your own level of self-control. Mm-hmm. nothing to do with me. And it was a thing of, you're not going to disrespect me. And I said, but as a daughter, don't answer the phone. I was triggered. You talk about trigger? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. and she even said to me, I probably wouldn't unblock you because of the way that I actually got unblocked was unforeseen circumstances. But even then I'm like, I'm pregnant. So these things can become even triggering as adult kids. And so we even had a conversation. like, if you're angry with me or we have a disagreement or we get upset, we're going to have it because we're both adults. Just don't answer the phone for me. If you got to ignore me for two days to get yourself together, I would rather that than to know that I'm blocked. Because of that, again, it becomes an advocacy for yourself to say, I feel good. And I would really appreciate it if you did not do that again. Um, I quit blocking my mama, but she used to get blocked real quick. My be blocked and be blessed game is strong, but there's a balance, right? Because then I felt really empowered when I learned about boundaries and I was blocking, but block, 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 block. There's a time to block. I do think there's a time to block. Yes. There's a time for everything under the sun. 
and you learn how to do it. For my mama, that was her learning that this was a set and appropriate time. Yes. She pregnant. She got a whole baby on the way. Anything could happen. And even with that, the more mature that I've gotten spiritually, because God had me, he was like, okay, Charlotte, it's time to come out of therapy. And I was like, but no. Me and Nicole, my friend, at this point, it's like, she really helps me. But God was calling me now to dive deeper into the spiritual aspect of things. So I have now a mentor that I work with who does deliverance and spiritual counseling and things like that. So God gave me the practical tools. And now I'm doing things like reading rules of engagement where I'm learning about the different spirits and I'm able to then discern them because now all of the trash and the junk is gone and I can really discern objectively. I can look at things objectively and not be so emotionally distracted by things that used to trigger me in the past that I'm able to be a sniper in the spirit. Period. And it really didn't walk in my authority because it's like playing games that I'm already aware of. You thought that because you said that I wasn't going to be, sir, I don't know about it. You want to argue. Let me pull out this scripture because you can't argue with that. Find a scripture that really tells you the truth because the devil is the father of lies. The lies don't stop. It gets harder. Like you can't even hit the lies without reason. What do they say in a court? Reasonable doubt. Yeah. I need to see the evidence of the truth. Yes. The Bible says you can't get away from it. It says God means what he said. Yeah. Period. Yes. El Chow, it's a lot, Chow. Well, Charla, we have talked, sis, and this has been such a blessing to me. I have been Thank you for having me. Else has been blessed. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on here. So why don't you tell people where they can find you? Y'all can find me in these streets, not a plant. So you can find me on my podcast, God Goes and Girl Talk. It is streaming everywhere. It's God Goes and Girl Talk podcast on Instagram. You can follow me on my personal page, the PDNP. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. I'm out here, y'all. I appreciate y'all and all the things. love you. And I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.